What's up, everybody? My name is Aswan. I'm one of the pastors here at Renaissance. It's really good to be with you again uh, in this digital space. Uh, big shout out to everybody tuning in uh, on our website or, or our YouTube page. Big shout out to you guys. Um, we're going to take a break from our Exodus series, and I hope you keep reading Exodus and keep digging and getting the nuggets from that. But yo, today I want to chop it up about trust. Um, trust is one of those words that we use all the time. You and I use it all the time. We say it all the time. I'm sure everyone out there in digital land, at some point you've either been the sender or you've been the receiver of the phrase, trust me. <laughs> I know because like when I say it to my wife, she always rolls her eyes. I don't know why she does that, but she should trust me because I, I am going to wash the dishes. I am going to fold the laundry. She should trust me. But but this concept of trust has a whole lot of dynamics. It's it's not static. It's 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 there's so many nuances to the word trust. And I don't just mean the the using it, the word trust, right? Because again, like I said, we use it all the time. I don't even mean the concept of trust because we see it in our everyday life, right? Think about the times when you hop in a car, you trust that the car is going to hold up to get you to where you need to go. If you jump in a plane, you trust that the pilot has slept enough and he's going to do, or he or she is going to do everything they need to do to get you to your destination. Or think about it like this, an employer, when an employer hires an employee, they trust that that employee is going to come to work, get their work done, um, and do everything that they need to do. Um, and so this, so trust has so many layers, so many dynamics, and we use it all the time. My hope today is for us to dig under the surface just a little bit so that we could really unpack and look at the scriptures to really see uh, what trust is all about. Now, the irony of talking about trust is that you nor I can actually teach someone to trust. You can't make someone trust. You know, people have to decide to trust. There's a quote by Ernest Hemingway. And look, I'm not going to front like I really know or have read a ton of him. I'm not in the crib, you know, cracking open the Ernest Hemingway book. But I do know when I came across this quote of his, I really think this drink could set the framework for our time. Ernest Hemingway says that, the best way to know if you can trust someone is to trust them. I'm going to say that again. The best way to know if you can trust someone is to trust them. And listen, that is scary. Uh, there are some feelings that come with that. Even as I say that quote, I'm like, man, that is so true. The best way to know if I can trust my wife is to trust her. The best way I can know, I know if I can trust my friends is when I trust them. And although that is scary and may create some feelings in you and I, I really hope it sets the tone for how we talk about the vitality of trust in our relationship with Jesus. See, we can't leave trust on the surface when we talk about our relationship with God and everybody who's tuning in today. Um, our desire is to build and grow in our relationship with Jesus. And if we were to leave trust on the surface, man, I think it would just be one facet uh, of our relationship with Jesus. But there's so much, there's so much uh, more that we can that we can experience when we actually look at the person of Jesus and then put our trust in Him. It's a vital, vital concept. 
And uh, the one thing I love when I think about this is I want us to go from trust being something in our head to, to it moving to deep in our hearts, but then also moving to our feet, from our head to our hearts to our feet. See, I love how James says in, uh, in James 2, verse, uh, starting at verse 15, he says, If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Now, I just read a passage that really talked about faith. And so I want to talk about the connection really quick of faith and trust. See, we, you and I already have faith. When we go into the car, when we, when we step into the airplane or when we, um, yeah, with those things, we, we really already exhibit this level of faith. But the byproduct of our faith is trust. When we actually do the action, the, the bridge between our faith and the actual thing that we do is trust. And I think trust is such a vital part of our relationship with Jesus. Yes, we want to put our faith in him, and that takes a level of courage and, and knowledge and understanding. But then when, when it moves from our head to our heart to our feet, we begin to see that when we really tr trust Jesus, we get to see that in our actions. When we really trust Jesus, we actually see it in our actions. Um, I want to jump into a text today because for, for me, this was like, this was hard to really think about and, and put into to words. And so I want to make it real for me. And I hope um, this is real for you. When I think about trust, I have learned that Jesus doesn't demand our trust. Jesus invites us to trust him. And I think that's completely different than someone demanding us to trust him or always telling you, you'll just trust me, just trust me, just trust me. Jesus actually is saying, look, I wanna invite you to trust me. And we get to see that in the text. I wanna look at uh, a scripture in Matthew uh, where we'll look at three things. Jesus asks us to trust him, asks us to trust his word, and asks us to trust his power. Starting at verse 22, Matthew 14. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea, very early in the morning, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out with fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come, and climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, 
Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of man. Jesus doesn't demand us to trust him. He's inviting us. He invites you and I to trust him. And what is he inviting us to trust in? He's inviting us to trust in him, trust in his word, and trust in his power. And the scripture clearly points that out. And I want to I draw that out this morning uh, in verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus is inviting you and I to trust in him. He is capable of holding the weight of our trust on his shoulders. And uh, the disciples had every right to be fearful. There was a, they were out on the middle of the sea and their circumstances were being shifted and, and changed. And, and Jesus is saying, I don't want you to trust in the boat. I don't want you to trust in anything else. I want you to trust in me. And Jesus invites us to trust in him as a person. Then we get to see Jesus invites us to trust in his word. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter answered. How many times have you said like, yo, Lord, if this is really you, like I just need to know if this is you. I know I've said that a bunch of times. And so we could probably relate to how Peter is feeling. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. See, Peter was still in the boat when he makes this request. And all Jesus does, he doesn't walk up to the boat and extend his hand and tell him to come. Jesus gives Peter his word. He says, trust in him first. And then he gives him and offers his word. It is me, so come. Trust that I'm telling you to come. And we know that Peter trusted him because he gets out the boat and he starts walking. So what else does Jesus invite us to trust in? He invites us to trust in him. He invites us to trust in his word. And he invites us to trust in his power. Verse 30. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Even in the midst of this, Peter realizes there's only one person who's out there. There are other disciples in the boat. And there's Jesus. And there's only one person there that actually has the power to save him. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. I love when the Bible and the, the Bible writers use that word immediately. It shows that Jesus's response to him was right in the moment. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Even in the midst of our doubt, Jesus, because of his power, reaches through the obstacles sometimes of our doubt and he grabs hold of us. Jesus is not demanding us to trust him. He's inviting us to trust him, to trust him in his character and nature, to trust his word when he tells us to come, when he's inviting us out of the boat. And he, he's inviting us to trust in his power, that he is the one that no matter the situation, he can grab hold of you. Now, I want to be real for a second. Uh, even as I read these accounts, uh, I think to myself, Yes, I want to trust Jesus. I know that Jesus is not demanding me to trust him. He's inviting me. And yo, I, I want to take that invitation. And I would imagine if you're anything like me, you're, you're in the season that we're in in life. 
you're thinking to yourself, yes, I want to trust Jesus, but it's hard. There are some real obstacles to trust in Jesus. And as I was preparing this message, I was thinking like, yo, Lord, why, why is it at times difficult to trust you? I know you're inviting me. You're inviting me to come. You want me to step out of the boat. I know you have the power to grab hold of me, but I struggle with actually getting out of the boat in every situation and trusting in you. And one of the first things that, that came to me as I was thinking about why it's hard to trust Jesus is this idea of inexperience. See, I remember as a, as a young Christian, um, there were so many aspects of my life where um, when I said yes to Jesus being Lord of my life, there were some real immediate things that I could do. You know, when it came to my music, you know, my Dipset albums and all the stuff in my music, I realized, you know what, I could trust God. If I'm gonna follow God, maybe some of those things aren't healthy. Not in totality, I listened to some, but, but maybe I could give that up. But then as I continued to walk with God, there were some, some more difficult, harder situations that really I just had been inexperienced um, because God and I hadn't walked through these. And one major crux was when I lost my dad. Um, I remember uh, even getting the diagnosis that he was sick with a very rare form of cancer. And, um, you know, he went through a clinical trial and my pops was a soldier, man. I, I, I even remember the times where he would, he would, the, the chemo would be so hard on his body, but he would have a smile and we would crack jokes. Um, but towards the end of his life, uh, there was a time when he was unable to eat. And I rushed over to the crib. I mean, I'm laying on the bed with him and I'm trying to feed him. I'm trying to give him nourishment to keep him alive. Because in my mind, I'm like, yo, if he doesn't eat, there's no way, we have no hope. There's no way he's gonna stay alive in this situation. And I thought to myself, man, like this is, this is crazy. So I'm trying to feed him, but he's starting to choke and uh, he's not able to swallow at this point. So now uh, I'm super upset and I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm just sad and I'm, I'm crying out to God. I'm not really sure what to do. And I take a moment, I step away from my pops and I go downstairs and I really feel this tug from the Lord. And I feel like God asks me right in that situation, God says, do you trust me? And I was like, man, yo, at this point, I've been sharing the gospel. I've been speaking, I've watched young people go from death to life. I've seen the miracles and the power of Jesus, but yet he's not demanding me to trust him. He's inviting me. He says, do you trust me? And reluctantly, but willingly, I'm like, yes. Yes, Lord, I trust you. And he says, then you have to trust him with me. And that was tough. And that was a place that I hadn't been before. I, hadn't, I didn't need to trust the Lord with the life of my dad. I didn't need to trust um, if what he was gonna do with his soul. I hadn't experienced that yet. And there may be some uh, uh, places in your life where you just simply haven't, haven't had to walk across the waters with Jesus. You haven't rocked with him enough that you've been in a situation where you've needed to trust him. And part of the obstacle of truly trusting in Jesus, even when he invites us, 
is the fact that you and I sometimes are inexperienced with him in dealing with him. And it was difficult for me to, to turn over uh, all, all the things that were related to my, my dad's life to Jesus, but I needed to. And it was because of that experience that I then began to grow in my, in my ability to trust Jesus. But for others, the obstacle could be fear. And we see here, look how it happened in Peter's life um, in verse 30. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And yo, some of us um, are in situations right now where the strength of the wind is so strong that we've become very fearful and we're hesitant to take Jesus's invitation of trust. And listen, I know there's COVID happening and the rise of the rising of numbers and the potential closing of schools and all those things, all those circumstances are building up and they are creating fear in us. And that's a very real place and I wanna acknowledge that. Um, but one of the things I've learned is that fear is a masked emotion. Uh, fear at times uh, could also be just indicating that we've been putting our trust in ourselves. I, I know for me, the most of the times when I get fearful is because I have reached my own personal limitations. That I haven't been, I can't do the situ, I can't uh, uh, do exactly what I what I know needs to be done. I, I've, I've I've met my limit. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough wisdom or knowledge. And oftentimes, when I'm fearful. Uh, it's revealing to me that, yo, Aswan, you've put too much trust in you. And maybe that's the case for you and I. But I don't want to dismiss the reality that the strength of the winds, that there are circumstances that happen in our life that actually cause fear in us. See, there are very real fears that are happening even outside of a global pandemic and the, 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 the politics in our world and all of those things there are the very personal things that are happening in your life. And I wanna acknowledge those. There may be, uh, maybe the fear about relationships or the lack of relationships. Uh, maybe the fear uh, of the, f the family dynamics, the things that are happening in your home. Uh, maybe the fear about your job or your career. Those are very, very real fears. And I please, I hope you know that I'm not trying to sugarcoat those fears with some Christian jargon. The truth is those fears though don't nullify the trustworthiness of God. They don't nullify how trustworthy Jesus is. And yes, um, he doesn't demand us to trust uh, him, but he invites us to trust him even in the midst of our fears. So here's what I'm learning. Fear asks a question and that question is what if, and faith makes a statement. And that statement is even if. And so this is fresh, hot off the press for your boy right here, right now. Um, I've been a nonprofit for the last 15 years. Uh, my role is predicated on fundraising and the generosity of people. And one of the biggest fears that I have right now is that, yo, what if people aren't generous? What if people aren't able to be generous? What if people don't give? What if we don't meet our budget? Then I'm gonna be struggling. I'm gonna be out here on these streets it's gonna to be tough for me and my family. And the way that I'm currently actively combating that question, what if, 
I'm combating it with this statement. Even if that happens, even if people aren't generous, even if we don't make our budget, God is still gonna be there in the same way that Jesus invites us to trust in him and in his word, I have actively tried to put the word of God in the midst of my, my situation so that that's what I could stand on when, I, when I'm really reaching out to trust him. The psalmist says in, in Psalm 37, 25, it says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. Yo, what it, even if it happens, I know I'm not gonna be begging for bread. And I have to actively uh, take God's word and apply it to my life. And I have to trust that him and his word are one and that word is true. Now, for you, it might not be where you work. It might not be, you might not be a nonprofit. For you, it could be fear in relationships. And I want you to, to not run around being anxious and fearful like I have been over the last several weeks. I want you to actively make a commitment to God's word and allow God's word to combat the fears that you, the real fears that you have in your life. And so for some of you, if it's around relationships, listen to God's word in Isaiah 41.10. It says this, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And God is the one who's gonna come in to the midst of those fears and, and, and not for you to run around and think about what if these things happen in my relationship. God is saying, even if those things happen in your relationship, and I want you to replace that language, even if it happens in your relationship, God is gonna uphold you with his righteous right hand. Uh, some of you might have some family dynamics and listen, we all have a level of uncertainty about the future. Well, I want God's word to be active to you. In Proverbs 3 and Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I want you to take your whole heart. Uh, eat, what if this, the, the future uh, is not what you want it to be? What if, it's, what, what if it turns out to be all crazy? I want you to replace that with, even if it is, you can trust in the Lord with your whole heart because you don't have to lean on your own understanding. And in verse six, it says, because if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will direct your paths. Now, I wanna make sure that what you do um, this week, maybe you spend some time sitting down and writing your fears. And you actually, if you're in a DNA group, maybe that's a dope place for you to open up and talk about your fears and actually acknowledge, acknowledge them. But what I want you to do is replace the question, what if, with even if. And I want you to continue to dig into God's word. So when you do uh, make that substitution, uh, you will be reminded that Jesus is not commanding us or demanding us to trust him. He's inviting us to trust him, to trust his word, and to trust his power. Now, uh, I love when I run into people who are way smarter than I. And John Goff and Brene Brown, they're researchers, and they've done a lot of work on trust. And one of the things that they say about trust is that trust is built in these really small moments. And so what I want you to do also this week is I want you to just stop and think back to those small moments when you needed to trust God. 
because what Jesus was doing in those moments is he was building uh, the case for his trustworthiness. Think about Peter. Before Peter got into this situation where he needed to step out the boat and step on uh, water and trust God in his, in his power and his word, um, Peter got to experience Jesus in a very unique way. Um, see, when the relationship started between Peter and Jesus, uh, Jesus shows up on the scene and he asks Peter to push out a boat so Jesus can stand on it and actually give a sermon to the crowds. And then after that, uh, Jesus, uh, Peter being a fisherman, uh, he was fishing all night, but he didn't catch anything. Jesus tells him to take his net and throw it over to the deep. And Peter, knowing, being a fisherman, like, yo, we haven't caught anything. This is going to be crazy. Peter actually listens. And when he throws his net over, he comes back with a boatload of fish. Jesus, in that moment, in that very small moment, in that very small interaction, is at, was actually building trust with Peter. Uh, in the same way, Peter got to see his mother-in-law healed. Uh, big shout out to the mother-in-laws being healed right? Um, Peter goes back after a long day of ministry. Uh, Jesus comes to his house. His, mother's, his mother-in-law is sick. Jesus heals her, and, and, she gets, and she gets healed right in front of Peter. All of these are very small moments that are building up the case for Jesus's trustworthiness. And so when Peter is invited to step out on God's word, to, to, to trust in his character and his nature, to trust in his power. There's already these small moments that are built up. And what I don't want you to do is miss those small moments. And so you might have some small moments in uh, the relationship chaos. There may be some small moments in your life that you can pinpoint and write down because those were the moments that Jesus was inviting you to trust him then so that when you get into situations now when your fears are really become overwhelming, you can trust in his character and his nature, you can trust in his word, and you can trust in his power. So what I want you to do this week is think about, spend some time, chew on the moments, uh, on the small moments where Jesus was inviting you to trust him. Because in those small moments, um, he is demonstrating his trustworthiness so that uh, when you encounter other uh, chaotic moments in your life, when your fears become overwhelming, you can look back on those small moments and then you could actually have enough trust to step out of the boat. Now, I want to make sure we leave with something practical, like a, a practical thing that we can do. And so I want to encourage you uh, this week, what is one thing that you can do um, to demonstrate that you trust God, that you trust in his character and his nature, that you trust in his word, and that you trust in his power. And maybe there's a, a relationship situation that you're in that you need to trust in God's power. And I want you to take a step towards that. I want you to get out of the boat, whatever that looks like for you. I want you to get out of the boat and I want you to trust God. Uh, maybe it's in, connected to your job or um, uh, connected to your career. Um, whatever you, whatever that looks like for you, I want you to uh, identify one thing that you could step out of the boat and trust God in. The, the premise here is that faith makes the statement, even if these things happen. And I know we're in tough times and I want our faith to continue to say, even if, and we can trust 
in the character and the nature of God because he gives us himself, he gives us his word, and he gives us his power. For me, the fear has been uh, that there will be this, this lull in fundraising, that, it, that what if it doesn't happen? And my active step of faith this week, me getting out of the boat, is going to practically look like me sending my letter to the people that it's going to be sent to. And after I do that, I'm going to go play with my kids. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to chill on the couch. I'm going to be active and present with my family. What is going to be your step this week? I want you to find that. I don't know what that's going to be for you, but I want to encourage you to step out of the boat because you can trust in him, you can trust in his word, and you can trust in his power. Let me pray. God, thank you for the truth that you are who we can trust in, that we can trust in your word and you have uh, all power in your hands, uh, that you can reach through uh, the situations and circumstances and grab hold of us. God, would that be true for me? Would it be true for our Renaissance family? In Jesus' name, amen.